Hey, welcome to Time Limit. Thanks so much for listening. On this episode, we're going to dig into what it means to craft your own process. My guest is Suze Howarth, who's a consulting digital delivery lead in London. She brings an interesting point of view to the table because she's led projects and teams of all sizes and backgrounds, which means that she's seen a lot of process. She's also been speaking at a lot of Agile conferences about breaking Agile lately. So keep listening to hear her take on how that's been received and how you can successfully navigate a process transformation. Suze, thank you so much for joining me on Time Limit. That's okay. It's good to be here. Great. I'm really looking forward to talking to you about hybrid process. Um, at Team Gantt, we're actually starting to call it Blended. Uh, we actually just started an event a couple of months ago about Blended project process. We got a room full of people in Philadelphia um, to watch a presentation by Justin Handler from O3 World, where he kind of talked through how they're merging agile and waterfall processes. So on that note, I know that you've kind of been speaking all over the world about hybrid process or maybe even hacking agile. And I know that you've been to a bunch of agile events. Um, do you want to talk about that for a second? What, what events have you been to most recently? Yeah, so this year I've actually been really lucky in speaking at quite a few Agile conferences. So I've been to Agile India, um, an Agile Day um, event in Istanbul, and um, more recently one in England, in Cornwall, um, which is actually Agile on the Beach. So there was a beach party, um, nice. which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so how is your your kind of point of view on adapting Agile being received by what I have to assume are really true agilists at those events. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, it's actually gone down very well, I think. Um, I'll say so myself. <laughs> um, I think the expectation is that everyone is a bit of an agile snob at these type of events because they are kind of strictly about agile. You know, you're not supposed to go there and talk about waterfall or sort of other types of, um, sort of methodologies. Um, and I'm actually going in and talking about not following a strict framework um, and like I said, there, there is a lot of agile snobbery out there in the world. Um, and that's why I think people find it a bit, maybe like a bit of a dirty word to say hybrid, um, or blended, you know, mm -hmm. um, but with what I'm talking about in, at these conferences, I think what I try and boil it down to is the core principles. Um, so it's about the the good principles behind building um, a product or a service. So actually, uh, one of my slides uh, comes up and it's forget agile, um, <laughs> which I do say is like a controversial thing to say at an agile conference. Um, but that's actually what I say I want people to do because it's like everyone's obsessed with this word and what it means. But actually, what I think it's about um, – all these core principles about what make a good product or service. So I kind of talk about three principles, which are customer first, uh, frequent delivery and team collaboration. And obviously, if you sort of look at the Agile manifesto and those principles, they those kind of core principles do map back to the Agile uh, manifesto. But it's kind of about getting away from becoming too obsessed with being Agile or doing Agile, those kind of things. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's really cool that in a lot of ways, you're kind of championing doing what's right in terms of process for, for leading projects and being successful. You know, I know I believe this. You don't have to be 100% agile. You don't have to be 100% waterfall or any other process, really. You should kind of craft a process that works for you and for your teams and your scope and your stakeholders and all of those things you have to consider um, I'm curious, what led you to your point of view? 
What got you to a point where you were like, you don't have to be agile, forget agile? I think uh, largely working in agencies across um, my sort of life in project management. Um, I think in agencies, it's actually really hard to adapt to a truly kind of fully agile approach um, or framework, whether that's Scrum or Kanban, um, because you're in a client-vendor relationship, basically. And a large amount of the clients I've worked with need some kind of guarantee or deliverables or budget or timing. So they're demanding things which are kind of inherently not um, following agile principles. I mean, that that is true for a lot of the clients I've worked with. I've also worked with clients who are very... Um, open to sort of the agile principles and working in a much more agile way so there is a blend of that but working in agencies as well you're looking at different clients different projects different sort of types of business so whether that's e-commerce you know retail all different types of business um and so actually just saying scrum or waterfall or whichever doesn't necessarily suit every type of project that you're doing. Um, so it is about looking at what is sort of best for that particular client, that particular um, team that you're working with, um, with what you've got, sort of budgets you've got. So it is really about adapting your approach to that. And I really think there isn't just a one size fits all um, approach to everything that you do. Completely agree with you. Do, would you say that there's any kind of specific project type that lends itself a little bit more to kind of blended process or hybrid process? Um, I think, to be honest, a lot of projects I work with do lend themselves to that. Um, I think if you've got a something fixed from the client, so um, if you have fixed timescales to meet or you have to work within a certain budget, um, it's definitely going to be a more blended approach there you will have to, to deliver to something that you've got some sort of more strict parameters around it, I guess. Um, so it is quite a lot of the projects that I work with. Um, I think where you can sort of tend to explore more agile projects is when you've got um, more of a sort of time materials based contract with your client. Um, so yeah, so a lot of projects actually fit the blended approach. Definitely. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. What about people? So to me, it feels like people tend to be a leading factor in the reason why I can't do Agile. So for instance, I had consulted with an agency. They were running uh, Agile. If you can imagine me doing air quotes right now, I'm doing air quotes around Agile. And the idea was, you know, we're going to come up with all of these user stories. We're going to then organize ourselves in sprints. We get to the table with the clients at the end of the first sprint to do a demo of the work that had been done. And everything fell apart because not everyone showed up to the demo. There were questions about why we approached some things first. And to me, it felt like it wasn't necessary, necessarily that the process was wrong, but it was the expectation of the process was not communicated very well leading up to it. Um, so to me, it feels like in many instances, especially in a, a client agency relationship, the people tend to kind of break down the process because you can't get everybody in the room at the same time. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's a, a few things there. Um, firstly, like you do need, um, you do need your sort of team to be present, sort of having one consistent team, um, getting the client, if you're working with a client really involved and if they're not involved, it does make it a lot harder to really truly follow like an agile framework really. Mm -hmm. Um, also it's about the kind of reasons, um, 
while you're doing while you're implementing this type of framework in the first place and that's why I think blended processes can work because a lot of people try and apply a strict framework to something um, just because they think it'll automatically make things faster more efficient cheaper um, whichever sort of benefit people pick when they're doing agile you know um and then when that doesn't necessarily sort of happen just because they've implemented certain ceremonies um, or artifacts or sort of types of work, then, you know, they get a bit frustrated with it. So it's all about those kind of expectations at the beginning. And if you're trying to implement a framework and think it will magically solve things, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. You know, trying to implement things from a framework or implement a framework you've got to have expectations that you will need to um, adapt things try things out things might not actually be right for what you're doing so you'll need to sort of try something else out so it's all about that kind of expectation management at the beginning yeah which would clearly be kind of the project manager's role or at least kind of maybe the leader's role or the person who's initiating the project Um, I'm curious you know because when you look at process, right, like within a, a waterfall or more traditional processes, there is a defined role of a project manager. Um, and then when you look at agile processes like Scrum, um, there is a Scrum master and the expectation of what the Scrum master done is, it does is a little bit different from what a project manager does. And I'm wondering, in a blended approach, um, do you think that the practices change the role of the PM or how people characterize the role of the PM or the scrum master? Like what does that, what does that function do in a blended process? Yeah, it's definitely a difficult one. And I think that's where project managers have struggled as well. Um, which kind of moved to more agile um, ways of working because the traditional, the classic agile framework scrum doesn't have a project manager. So we're immediately, you know, just out, out there. Um, out of the scrum um, so what we've tended to do is become um, more of the scrum master role which is the kind of facilitator that's sort of leading the processes around scrum I guess um, but there's a quite a few different roles you can play and what I've seen um, a lot of more recently is sort of project managers either sort of going on slightly more of a product route so more kind of product manager role um, so in that way supporting a product owner or um, the client who sort of acts as the product owner um, but also a more delivery manager um, style role. So that would be kind of sitting between the scrum team um, and the product owner and sort of making sure that overall the scrum teams are delivering um, to the kind of rough release plan or whatever you're using roadmap. Interesting. So, yeah, I think definitely um, project managers always always like a wearing many hats type of role and it's called a lot of different things um and i just think we kind of tend to fall into more of the kind of scrum master delivery side roles that makes sense um we recently did an interview with neil vass who's from manchester i'm not sure if you know neil through the deliver conference but yeah we talked a little bit about the the delivery manager role and i i really like that i I love that kind of evolution of project management and just in terms of the title it it just makes a lot more sense yes definitely so kind of in in that vein or kind of along that line of questioning i'm curious um on your thoughts on certifications um do you think that someone who's a delivery manager scrum master pm whatever you want to call them um, do you think that they need training or certifications in order to 
craft or manage a hybrid process? Um, my classic answer is no. Um, not that I'm against certifications and I have a Scrum Master certification. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, to be honest, a lot of my knowledge and training and everything has been done on the job and just working on different types of projects and products, working with different clients. And I don't think the training is necessary in terms um, of being able to sort of work out what sort of process is working um, sort of looking at ways to adapt I think the scrum master qualification is great to give you an introduction to scrum and how that framework works but obviously there's a lot of different frameworks out there um, so I think you can gain a lot of that knowledge by reading a lot around the subject um, talking to people um, and not necessarily doing formal training um, obviously some jobs ask for um, certification so it can be useful and uh, if your company is offering you the chance to do that or you can afford to you know yeah great I think definitely get them but I don't think it's a necessity basically to sort of be able to work with processes because it's more about sort of understanding you know what are the pain points on your projects what what problems are you having and then trying to work out solutions to those problems which I don't think you need a cert for. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think I think the certs are really nice to have if you've got the time and the means to get them. Um, you know, I did the Scrum Master Certification, uh, took the test, even though I have extreme test anxiety and, and passed it. But at the end of the day, um, what was like the certification itself didn't really matter to me or my, my career. What mattered was that I was gaining that knowledge and I could have done that through reading or, you know, and any other kind of approach, even just conversations with friends or attending a conference. Um, One thing I I think is really good about that kind of continuous learning, whether it's through certification or whatever, is that it helps you to kind of identify what types of practices might be helpful to you. Um, And I've seen people get things wrong when they're kind of creating those hybrid processes just because they're not thinking through everything. And I'm wondering if you've seen people get things wrong in terms of creative, um, creating those hybrid or blended processes and what those challenges might be. Yeah, I think, um, like I touched on before, people who think that a framework and applying that to your projects um, or your product process, that's just going to sort of magically fix everything um i think that's kind of the problem um basically a framework isn't going to fix your sort of problems you need to look at sort of what things that you can do um to help your team to you know help build a better product in the end you know it's about sort of focusing on those sort of things like i said before the core principles rather than just thinking that um a framework's going to solve everything and i think um it's that whole sort of classic back to the um, inverted covers doing agile or being agile people are striving so hard to sort of do this or be this so they try and use the terminology the ceremonies but they're actually not adapting the mindset and the principles behind that and I think that's really important because agile isn't actually a framework agile isn't a process it's um, a set of principles it's kind of a mindset to have absolutely Um, yeah, exactly. So people are thinking that, oh, we're just going to do Agile, and that's by doing a daily stand-up or a two-week sprint. But actually, that's not thinking about what are the core principles that actually help deliver better products behind that. And that's what I think is the big problem 
out there in the world at the moment with agile. I agree. Uh, so I've become too obsessed with that word, which kind of relates back to my slide in my talks, which is basically forget agile. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. My my slide, I actually just presented a live class. So I do weekly live classes at Team Gantt. Essentially, they're webinars that anyone can attend. And I did one today um, aptly for, uh, called Choosing Your Own Process or Crafting Your Own Process. And in it, I actually say Agile is principles over process, meaning that you've got to understand the principles behind Agile before you start thinking about adapting your process to Agile, right? Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, um, I've actually... There's this quote that's really stuck with me that um, a sort of product guy um, who wrote, I think he wrote Lean UX, but Jeff Gottelf said, mm -hmm. which is every project does not have to be agile. However, every project you work on should encourage and support agility. So it is about um, working with more agility. So, and the agile principles do help with that. They are sort of good for that. So yeah, it's about that rather than actually we're agile. Absolutely. So my next question is kind of going to go against everything that we just said. But what I, what I really want people to take away from this conversation are like tactical things that they can do. So I'm wondering if you've got any kind of like go-to practices that you might recommend for people who are trying to adapt process. Now, I'm not saying these have to be like you do two-week sprints, not four-week sprints, right? Like are there yeah. things that might lead you to crafting a process that works best for your team and everything included in your project? Yeah, definitely. I think there's loads of actually, even though I'm talking about sort of principles and mindsets yeah. um, and theoretical things, um, there's actually lots of practical things that you can do. And I think the big thing is identifying what the pain points are with your current process, because you'll likely obviously be following a current process. You know, so if everything's going great and you're delivering great products, um, your client's happy, your stakeholders are happy, there isn't actually a need there to change just for the sake of changing. Um, so obviously it's about looking at your current um, process and sort of trying to identify pain points there. And that's um, obviously you can start doing that yourself, but also it's about talking to the team um, holding retrospectives. That's quite a agile um, thing. It's a scrum ceremony, but it's actually a really useful thing to do um, whilst you're running projects. So, you know, look back and at the last couple of weeks um, and see sort of how you're doing, sort of what could be improved, what you want to continue, what you want to start doing, get your team and client and stakeholders involved in that. So really gather people's feedback on what where are the pain points? And then it's about sort of looking at how you can start to solve these pain points. So, you know, if it's about your team not collaborating enough, um, then, you know, if you don't hold sort of regular catch-ups with them, like the daily stand-up, you know, that's that's a scrum ceremony, again, that you could try out to see if that improves kind of a bit of collaboration between um, your team. So there's kind of things that you can start to do and sort of borrow from um, agile frameworks just to start trying to unpick these kind of pain points. And one thing actually I've done, um, and in my talks, I've, I've gone through this process that we did at my last agency, where we moved to a more sort of dual track agile approach. Um, and it was quite a large change um, for the company. And this is where we were blending um, sort of Scrum and Kanban really together. Um, and we did an outcomes roadmap. So we looked at kind of a now, next, later framework. And we looked in three areas. So people, products and process. 
and we tried to sort of map out the outcomes we wanted from this change in process against that. So what do we want to happen now? What do we want to happen next? And what do we want to happen sort of a bit later? And having those kind of outcomes to work back to actually really helped us with the process. It helped us sort of draw back to, okay, actually, what 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 do we want to be solving here? What do we want to be achieving how do we want to be enabling the team better? How do we want to be making the product better? So it really sort of helped frame our process changes. I love that. It's it's like setting an expectation that we're going to try this thing and things will change. But the way that we're going to adapt to that change is just by talking openly about it and making decisions together as a team. I think there's no other way to handle it, right? I mean, you can't do that alone as a project manager. I think the worst thing to do is to go to your team and say this is happening we're changing to this because you know it's going to be much harder for them to buy into and in fact it's actually quite a good thing to do is if you come up with an idea to change something or to adapt something or add something in you know take it to the team first and say what do you think actually do you have a better idea than this yeah and you'll often find then that people generally might not and then they're willing more willing to try out yours because you've kind of opened it up to them first Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Even even in just more traditional process, like setting an expectation that we are doing this together. You know, the PM yeah. is not the person who controls everything and never exactly. should be. You should always yeah. be working with the input of your team. And that's another great um, agile principle um, or part of kind of the um, frameworks is a more sort of self-organizing team. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the PM leading everyone, telling everyone what to do, um, you know, sort of structuring everything for everyone it's you know enabling your team to be able to make those choices and helping facilitate that yeah all right this has been really awesome and hopefully people are getting up uh, picking up some really good tips i I know i am from you which is awesome i'm gonna ask you one final question which i've been asking all of our guests and basically you know the name of the show is time limit which kind of is nodding to the fact that we're all just trying to do our best work with limited time and, and limited resources. And I think that really does apply here, especially when you're working on projects and just see that things aren't working. So I'm wondering, can you offer any advice or recommendations to people who are looking to transform their process, but they're just really busy trying to deliver work at the same time? Like, are there any practices that you think could be a part of an overall process to kind of help an organization or teams change? Yeah, I think um, I think that's the classic PM thing again. We're just so busy working on so many different <laughs> things that, you know, we don't have that time needed to really kind of think about things and then change things and, you know, um, put sort of whole new processes into place. So I guess my main encouragement would be to just make small changes, you know, um, look at your process, sort of try and pick out the immediate pain points that are causing a lot of frustration in the team or with the client or you think your sort of product isn't delivering and then just try to make quite small changes um, that sort of fit in with your time um, to make sort of try things out really. And it's all about testing and learning. And that's where, again, a blended process can really work because you can try out one thing, you know, try out something small, test it. If it doesn't work, fine, you know, change tactic pivot try something else and if you're doing that in kind of small sort of increments then it's not as big sort of unwieldy time-consuming thing as well and I think secondly it's about um 
getting people's buy-in you know to why you're you want to implement changes and therefore getting people's support you know being able to ask others to help in implementing process changes so it's not just you doing everything because you know like we we're talking about if you've got your team's buy-in that's kind of half of it but also getting them to lead the changes so it's not just all down to you when you're sort of busy doing other things and then they can't put it all back on you when that change fails <laughs> exactly but don't be afraid to fail i think that's that's a good thing like i if, completely if agree yeah change doesn't work it, you know fine put that aside learn from it and move on to the next change well, i think there's something to be said too about setting an expectation at the beginning of a project where you just say hey things are going to change we're going to try working this one way and it might not work and that might mean that we have to make a change or pivot at some point yeah. And that just gets people comfortable with the idea that you're kind of in command of what's going to be happening on the project. You're not trying to control it, but you understand what's happening and that you know that you've got to be flexible. If things aren't working, you have to make a change for the better of the project and for the health of the and morale of the team and stakeholders, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, again, it's really that's really part of the agile mindset. So even just by responding to change, um, you're actually are starting to apply sort of those agile principles. So yeah, it's a great thing. (laughs) So you basically just keep telling me that I'm already agile. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. That's good to know. I'm now an agilist in, in the, in the eyes of Suze Hayworth, at least. Or or work with more agility. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Suze, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention? Any events coming up? Any things um, that you want to kind of promote or talk about before we go? Um, I've actually got a conference coming up in October, which is um, Lean Agile Scotland. So I'm off to Scotland. It's the north of the country. Um, so yeah, I really look forward to that. And again, I'll be talking on um, Jewel dual track agile um and kind of adapting your processes so very similar to what i've been talking about today but also Exciting. a good case study that's great well hopefully we've got some listeners over there who can come and see you um if not we'll drop some um links to your work in the notes for the podcast and people can ways for people to follow or get in touch with you so again thanks so much for being here really appreciate you coming and, and joining me on time limit today Thank you. It's been really fun. Thanks. Cheers. All right. Well, that's all the time we had for that conversation. I have to say, I really enjoy talking to Suze, and I've seen her present a few times, and it's always really good stuff. Anyway, there's so much more to talk about when it comes to crafting process, but I do really value Suze's point of view on the topic. And it just so happens that it's a topic that we love to talk about at Team Gantt, too. In fact, if you're looking for more resources on it, check out class number two of the Art and Science of Leading Projects, or take a look at our live classes, or catch Suze at one of her upcoming conference appearances. Check out the links in the show notes as well, and be sure to share your thoughts on how the show is going for you. We're doing this for you, so we want to be sure that you're getting what you need out of the podcast. I hope you'll get in touch if you've got questions or ideas, or even if you want to be on the show yourself. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.